Thanks for joining us again on Digital Conversations with Billy Bateman. Today we are joined by Amanda Stevens, conversational designer for Master of Code. She walks us through six keys to qualifying a use case for conversational AI and looking to the data for answers on how to design the most effective conversations. All right, everyone, welcome to the show. Today, I'm joined by Amanda Stevens, the Director of Conversation Design at Master of Code. Thanks for joining us today, Amanda. Thanks so much for having me. So um, before we jump into today's topic, which I think is gonna be really interesting, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and about Master of Code and what you guys do. Awesome. Um, so like exactly how you said, I'm the Director of Conversation Design and I've been doing conversation design for just over a year and a half. Um, been with the company for two years and initially started out as you know a key account manager doing strategy with clients and had this curiosity when it, we looked at our implementations and what we were putting out there. How are users responding? How could we make improvements? How did language and design affect what was happening within the bot experience? And um, you know, which has allowed me to move into conversation design and it's such an interesting um, part of this you know AI conversational AI that is continuing to grow and it's, it's really cool to be part of that. Master of Code uh, started 15 years ago actually as a software development company and moved into mobile apps when you know they were uh, really moving in, in the space and then in 2016 we actually launched our first conversational solution a chatbot on messenger for a luxury uh, luxury retailer global brand so that cool. was uh, that's really great and we continue you know have grown that part of our business now doing chat and voice experiences across a variety of channels. Awesome. Awesome. And you guys work with brands like T-Mobile and World Surf League. And yeah. So yeah, all across the board, enterprise level companies. And but we also do work with startups as well. Um, awesome. Because they're, you know, super interesting use cases come from them and they move really quick and they're quite lean. And, and we love that uh, being challenged in that way as well. Oh yeah, working, working. We work with big brands. Work with small ones. The small ones, yeah. they're they're a lot more fun because they'll just be like, yeah, we'll try, <laughs> we'll, we'll try it. You know, like who cares if maybe we get embarrassed? You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we learn a lot from startups just as much as we learn from you know our larger clients as well. Yeah. So before we get into uh, the topic, which is about, we're going to talk about prioritizing, prioritizing bots, which uh, is really, really interesting. and something I think is overlooked. Um, if we, we're going to look up Amanda on LinkedIn and uh, Facebook and all of that and try to figure out who is this Amanda Stevens person, what is something that we would not be able to figure out from just looking at you up on the internet? Sure. Well, something that comes to mind, and it's just because social networks weren't, uh, didn't exist at the time, but kind of a funny fact about me that you wouldn't find online was in junior high, um, I was my high, like my high school's uh, mascot. I was called Flamer the Flames. So we were the flames and essentially I looked like a fiery raindrop. Um, awesome. That was quite fun. I did retire after two years and I don't think anyone right away uh, replaced me, but it was, so, it was fun to kind of get the crowd hyped, essentially parents watching their kids, you know, play sports. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> so no one picked up the torch afterwards? No, I don't think so. It's, it's kind of a tough job. It's a, it's a bit intimidating, I imagine. 
Especially if you're, you know, like 14 or 15. (laughs) I'm sure actually in junior high for sure. (laughs) Okay. Well, uh, well let's get into it. So before we get into prioritization, like there is the whole like designing conversations and we can do a lot of things and we've done a lot of podcasts around, Hey, best practice for designing a good bot and a good conversation that drives towards an outcome has a persona and, uh, and, you know, it's like, okay, we have the use case. We're not going to do too many fringe cases. It's really like driving towards this one thing to build a big bot or to build not a big bot, but a, a well-performing bot. Um, mm-hmm. So what I wanted to get into with you, though, is how do we prioritize designing the different bots or, or conversations that we're going to have with, uh, with our customers, with our leads, um, with anybody? when we're looking at a bot and and really like one of the things you brought up to me was hey these these decisions should be driven by data and Mm -hmm. and so when you start looking at okay what bots are we going to build for a client where do you go to find that data for sure and and just to step back a little bit you know you're exactly right there's so much content out, out there about how to design best practices around you know uh language to use for live agent handover, how, you know, really good error state messages and which is great. I mean, I love sharing insights on that as well. Um, But something we're seeing that's quite overlooked is um, the data and then the data that's used to inform use cases and inform and help prioritize those use cases. We have clients come to us and say, we really want to build a bot. We want to alleviate you know, for example, live agent traffic, right? They're getting overloaded with requests. How can we automate that? Or maybe the bot is an internal facing uh, chatbot that helps with FAQs within the organization. And the stakeholders of the project will come to us and they say, you know, we think, we think the use case should be this, or we think it should be that, but we want to, you know, data tells a better story and I love that quote I saw it on a blog recently and we want to make sure that what they're communicating to us what the client is saying to us is backed by data because if you go off assumptions or if we don't have that insight that they're you know communicating to us they're saying we really want a bot that does xyz we need to make sure that we're in the same we're on the same page as them we're in line with them uh, in order to build a successful solution mm-hmm. if you build a bot where you know i've seen on other documentation other blogs uh, people suggest build a bot that has a use case that's low priority low code because that that way it's low risk you know if it's low priority it, it might not blow up but yeah. i think that's the wrong message yeah. People aren't going to use something that's low priority. You have to address a pain point that people are feeling. Yeah, I think, I mean, to drive adoption with customers, we see the same thing. They're like, okay, let's start with something really light and it's not going to get a lot of traffic, but you don't learn Mm -hmm. anything if you can't get the traffic through there, you know, and it's, especially if it doesn't lead towards a measurable outcome, whether that's, you know, a lead or solving a support question or booking a meeting, whatever it is for each client. Um, if it's like, well, we just, we helped them out. We helped them find what they needed on the website. It's hard to measure the ROI from that. And like, was it Mm -hmm. worth everybody's time? Exactly. So, you know, and there's high expectations now. I mean, chatbots have been around for a while now. Um, 
So I think in the beginning, low, low code, low priority, it was safe because maybe, you know, the technology was still new companies or agencies yeah. like ourselves were kind of feeling things out and, and maybe the platforms to launch bots weren't as sophisticated, but that's changed. So you want to make sure that you're doing something that's high priority and is desired by the end users. It's viable. Um, and it makes sense. You know, when we think about, like you had asked, what data do we look at? And it could be from multiple sources. If it's a customer facing bot, we look at, we'll even look at tweets. What are they asking the company? What are they saying on social? Um, if there's already live agents in place, we look at those transcripts, you know, make sure they're scrubbed, of course, but yep. we see commonalities and, and we'll, we'll, plot that into pie charts even just to see the range of you know there's a there's an influx of questions related to one uh subject versus the others um we also if it's an internal facing bot if it, if the chatbot for example is appeasing uh you know the employees of an organization they're frequently asked questions we'll interview them we'll we'll take uh, a select group of people and we'll ask you know what is heart what's the current state what is your pain point how do you look for this information? And um, something that we do at Master of Code is we often on site or virtual, if you know, in this current climate, yeah. do run workshops because that really allows us to talk with the end users and and really map out what is the current state today. Why is it challenging? And you know, does it make sense to be in an automated solution? Just because something is challenging today doesn't mean a chatbot or a voice bot is going to fix it. Uh, it could sometimes mean, and we've uncovered this, this may be the program that they wish to, you know, take out of the picture and just communicate uh, through a chatbot to access data from that program. Maybe the, if the program itself needs, to, you know, extra features, right? Yeah. If a bot can't aggregate data from all these different places, let's go to the source and, and figure out maybe a platform or a program or a software piece needs to be optimized. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. You know, could you ch share a little more? Like, I always loved it. Like we learn these things as, as consultants and building bots. Like there's always a story behind like, Hey, maybe the conversational solution isn't the best thing for this. I don't know if you have any stories that you could share of like somebody came and said, Hey, we want a bot to do this. And you guys said, actually, you probably don't. <laughs> sure. Um, Oh gosh, we have quite a few. Uh, you know, project I'm working on right now for a biotech company. They, you know, the, the employees they have to deal with compliance. They have to deal with so many different programs, SOPs, yep. uh, documentation reviews. But they also have to complete training on the side to make sure that they're in compliance. So part part of their job is also out of everything. Make sure they're compliant and complete training. So they wanted a a bot that would connect to their training system and help prioritize for them what trainings do i need to take first if you have 10 trainings sometimes it's not by due date it's it should be you know also by urgency mm. and when we uncovered in the workshop you know great use case there's a need yeah. there's a pain point people wanted it but the platform itself uh the training platform where these trainings are actually had limitations where even if we put a conversational solution it wouldn't be able to pull in that data so yeah. before investing in a the bot, you know, we, we needed to speak with the technical team and say, your training platform needs, you know, needs some work yep. itself before we continue to go down this path. Interesting. Um, another, yeah, another example like for a client facing bot, they had, you know, um, 
good use case, it worked, but the data, the data that they were looking at, um, they made us, you know, conclusions about that data when really it was related to how they prioritized it. And I'll give you an example. So um, big retail brand, they made their own bot um, and they chose a use case related to, you know, if you hit a certain amount of points, uh, loyalty points, then you get uh, a coupon essentially. Cool. And this only happens to a select group of users, high purchasers. And if they didn't receive their email with that special coupon for spending, you know, so many dollars at their brand and their stores, uh, if they didn't receive it, they could go to the chatbot and kind of troubleshoot and either get a coupon sent to them again, or, or, you know, many different scenarios to kind of appease that. Um, so they were looking at the data and they saw really low engagement and they thought, you know, maybe this, maybe our users don't like using a bot to kind of troubleshoot this issue. Um, but when we looked at the data, again, there wasn't that many queries for it because it's only affecting such a small group of people. And mm -hmm. it's only, they should only uh, go to the bot when they didn't receive their coupon. And so it's, it's a support based thing. Um, so they made these assumptions or these conclusions, you know, maybe the bot wasn't a good idea at all. The technology just wasn't great. People don't like talking to the bot about this, but really how often, how, how many times a year was this affecting this group of people? Maybe yeah. once a year. And they would, like I said, they're supposed to get this email. So it's very few and far between when they entered the bot. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. We see, we see similar things where they're like, yeah, build a bot for this. I'm like, how many people are we going to like actually get through this? You know, like it exactly. seems like a low, a low, you know, low priority thing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we love that they want to use a bot, but it's not okay. always the best use of everyone's time. So you had six key points um, that you look through when you're prioritizing um, mm -hmm. building, you know, building a use case for conversational AI. So can you walk us through your six points and, and why, why you've chosen those things as you guys have uh, developed your own methodology? Absolutely, sure. Um, so, you know, in order for us to kind of come to these six areas, we did a lot of research, not only what we experienced with our own clients, we also looked at what Google's doing, what Microsoft is looking at, what IDEO is looking at, and we kind of put everything together and came up with these six key points. Um, so, you know, this is what you would look at these points once you've done your data analysis, once yeah. you've kind of categorized queries um, and have a, a series of use cases that you can potentially build for in this conversational solution. So the first thing that we look at, are people talking about this today? <laughs> because if they're not talking about it today, why would there suddenly be an influx of traffic related to this topic or this use case once you put a bot in place? Right. So does the data exist that people are asking about this? People are wanting to know more about this topic. So let me pause you real quick. So like I'm a brand, let's pretend like I'm a big brand and I want, I want you guys to build me a bot. Um, and, you know, I don't know exactly what. So how would, how would I figure out if people are talking about this? So maybe it's like a promotion that we're running or a new product. Like what? Let's like walk through a little bit of an example. Sure. So, um, the people, well, the data that we look at, those transcripts, those tweets, yep. the posts yep. on social media, even emails to the brand, people will ask 
as, about uh, questions. Maybe it's related to a product. It could be something if it's retail. Again, do you ship for free? Or I'm okay. on in Australia. Can you can you, you ship? It's you know they're yeah. reaching out to the brand directly because they can't find the information on online or in store or wherever. Yeah. So we look at when they're reaching out to the brand. Uh, what are they asking? And is there a theme or a trend there that can be automated? That makes sense. Makes sense. Okay. Next thing keep we look, going. Oh, <laughs> keep <sure>. going. <laughs> the, next, the next thing we look at is, um, you know, the complexity of the, the current state. Is the current state a brief interaction? So when we think about prioritizing use cases for a conversational solution, do we want to go, uh, you know, select a use case that's going to require 20 plus uh, interactions between the bot and the user. I mean, yeah. a lot, the more steps you have to get to where you're going means there is more chances for, for errors to occur, for someone to fall out of the flow, maybe not complete the flow. So again, when we're prioritizing, we want to make sure, is the, are the interactions brief already? Or is it a really complex uh, process to get the information we need from the user in order to point them in the right direction? Okay, that makes sense. And then we look at, okay, current state, right? We always want to understand what the current state is in order to automate that. So we'll even, you know, draw it out, um, look at what are the different programs or platforms, if there's any integrations, what does that look like currently? Um, so does it require, like I said, multiple interactions within a system to complete this task or to find this answer? Because if it's, for example, just a you know, a quick, uh, someone just going to the, a, a web page on a website and getting their answer. Do we really want to build a conversational solution? Is it saving time? What, what, how is it, a, you know, appeasing this pain point? If it's already just a, you know, they only have to deal with one system. So we want to make sure to kind of drive efficiency with automation. A good use case to prioritize is one that requires multiple interactions with the system and, and multiple systems as well which is the next, uh, next piece. Yeah. 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 Let's there too. <laughs> so multiple interactions was the, was, um, the third one. And then the fourth is the multiple systems. Cause that makes things easy. If a chatbot can pull data from one data, one database and another system or another platform and put it all together. I mean, that's so much easier for a user to get that information digested and, and point them in the right direction. Yeah, this is one of the things that I really love that you you like made this a point, something we look at because, <coughs> excuse me, whether you're doing, you know, a mini chat bot, your own conversational AI bot, or even like Drift or Intercom, you know, the great thing about all these things is you have all these integrations, you can pull data from different sources, and that chat bot can kind of be a concierge and say, Oh, let me check on this for you or make sure you you're in this box. You know, um, it's a great way to just do a very low to, you know, like it's not highly complex, but just easy things that the person doesn't need to do anymore. Like you can have a bot do these things and look at all of these systems. Exactly. And I'll bring back the example of, you know, the biotech company that wanted to create, a bot that prioritizes training, which um, we are doing now that the the training software has been you know optimized and features have been added. Yeah. Um, but it's also going to connect not just with the training system, but hey, can I you know make a reminder for me to to do that training? Okay, it's going to connect with my Google Calendar and also send me an email. 
right? Yeah. So what a, what a great use case. It's connecting to your email, the training system and your calendar. Uh, and you're, you're making all that happen in one conversational environment. Yeah. You know, the bots, if a bot just lives on its own with no integrations, man, it's not that useful of a bot most of the time. The, the beauty is like, Hey, I can look at your calendar. I can look into the CRM or I can look mm -hmm. into our marketing automation, you know, and see, Oh yeah, you were sent this email, you know, it's, it's just awesome what we can do with that. So I'll, I'll let you keep going. I know you've got two more to, <laughs> two more to go through. Sure. Sure. Um, so yeah, the last two around, what are the current difficulties around this use case? If we're going to prioritize this, that means there needs to be a benefit of building it in a conversational solution than current state. So many of these are all very much related to each other, but we do ask the client these six separate questions um, because it really helps them, you know, go through the motion of, okay, what, what am I trying to make happen? What am I, what efficiencies uh, am I trying to drive? Mm -hmm. What am I saving users time? Am I saving users, you know, I'm just offering them a more seamless solution and also a conversational one, which is great. That level of personalization is also great, but what else is the, you know, let's look at the efficiencies that are being created with this. And finally, um, and I love bringing this one up too, because again, you get interesting answers from project to project. Do users feel comfortable talking or typing about this today? Yeah. Are these use cases so sensitive that you might not feel comfortable typing it to a bot? Um, so something really, really important that sometimes gets overlooked because you just think, well, if you can talk to a maybe a live agent about it today, why why wouldn't you be able to talk to a, a bot? But sometimes there is that you know it is slightly different when you're talking to that automated system. Oh, for sure. I uh, I think this is a good one as well because we think, oh, we can automate everything with the bot, but you know there are those things that people are not going to just be like, okay, I'm going to give up this information to this this bot, and I don't know where it goes. You know, um, they, you know, it doesn't work for everything, but that's a great point. So, um, you've walked us through the methodology. Um, where do you think people are, where do you think people are missing this right now? Like we've got a lot of agencies and consultancies sure. building bots out of, out of these six, like where do you see people probably making mistakes and not thinking about this? Sure. I think, Ooh, that's a really good question. I think generally a lot of companies and agencies, they are looking at data. They are, you know, that informs uh, the kind of validates, say a stakeholder says, we want to focus on this use case. They'll do a little bit of due diligence, look at data and say, okay, this makes sense. But I think the efficiency piece, looking at, you know, requiring the multiple systems uh, yeah. a user needs to interact with, there's a few chatbot use cases out there on bots where the process of going through the bot is just as fast as going through, you know, the current state or the original state. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we see brands that want to check this innovation box because conversational solutions are awesome. They're super interesting um, and they're fun, especially, you know, if you're dealing with a really robust one that, you know, no buttons or text, you just ask it a question and it answers back. That's really cool. But, yeah. you know, what, again, is it efficient? Is it saving time? Is it easier to, for users to use that rather than what was in place beforehand? Yeah, I, I agree. I think sometimes we get caught up in, you know, whether it's us as an agency or 
you know, just a company's bot a bot solution. And they're like, oh, we'll just swap the bot all out. It's not always the best thing to do for, you know, especially forms. <laughs> yeah. Some forms, it's easier to just like have the form than the bot. Um, so, okay, Amanda. Well, before we wrap up, I want to ask you, uh, I know you're super passionate about conversational design, about bots. You know, you've been in this for a few years. What, what, what do you like best? What's your favorite thing about working with bots? My favorite thing. I love, um, if we, if we have a workshop for a project and we always push that, I, that's my favorite. It is, it's, it's a little bit like detective work where you're, you know, you're coming in, you have an idea of what that business is about, what they sell, what they produce, what they offer, but yeah. dealing with, you know, like meeting with, uh, people, those end users potentially, or people on the team and really understand, um, you know, how they speak amongst themselves, what language do they use? Um, I love collecting sample dialogue. You know, if the bot again is for employees, they have acronyms, they have terms and slangs and yeah. uh, short form words and products that we at Master of Code might not know about. And it's so cool. Um, you know, we'll do back-to-back -back, uh, exercises where a person pretends to be the bot and then, you know, a user is is talking to them and we'll, we'll give them the use case that we're trying to prioritize. And just just to watch how the two will interact and the words they use, I think that's fascinating. I've always um, been fascinated with what and how language and messaging can be used to turn heads. I come from the advertising space. So it was all about, you know, how we use messaging in, let's say, a billboard versus how you would use it on a website or a digital ad. How would you modify it to turn heads, to captivate yeah. people, to, yeah. to drive that engagement? And that's what I love about it. So very much about the language and, and uncovering, you know, real problems and pain points that AI can help address and solve. Awesome. Awesome. And then... If anyone's looking to like, hey, I'm just getting into conversational design, whether I'm like a demand gen marketer somewhere or, you know, I want to get a job somewhere else, you know, at an agency that does this. What's your advice for getting started? Sure. I think, you know, there, there isn't a degree for conversation design yet. Uh, there are a few courses out there. Definitely leverage online courses if you can. Um, but I think the foundation really comes from good design. Spend the time and effort really understanding design thinking, uh, user experience, and, and what user personas are, and how you can build out user journeys. That is the foundation, I think, of conversation design. Once you have that user experience, overall foundation um, towards you know, customer experience and how a customer would go through a flow or, or tackle a website even, once you have those foundations, um, conversation design is just another level of that. It's, it's, it's yeah. designing for a different, you know, different channels. No, you're totally right. I've never thought about that. Um, but I did, you know, a couple, uh, you know, design thinking classes as part of my MBA. And when I first got oh, into this, cool. um, I was definitely leveraging those without necessarily connecting the dots. Um, that's a great point. So, um, we Thanks for coming on. It's been great. This is really insightful. Um, if people want to connect you with you and continue the conversation, what's the best way for them to reach out? Sure. And thank you so much for having me, Billy. This has been so fun. Um, 
everyone can find me on LinkedIn. Just search Amanda Stevens. Uh, I think my uh, vanity URL is Amanda Stevens one. <laughs> and uh, you can email me as well. It's amanda.stevens at masterofcode.com. Okay, Amanda, thanks. And we'll chat later. Thanks so much.